Hi, this is Write in 10, the 10-ish minute podcast about writing. I'm Karen Alea, a university writing instructor and published writer. You can read more about me and see pics of my dogs, which is more important, on the website writein10.com, where there are a lot more helpful blogs to help you with your craft of writing and motivation. Now you can search the blogs by typing in any keywords or topics right there in the search bar on the website. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter, just put in write in 10, but most importantly, join a community where you can talk about your struggles or wins or questions. It's on Facebook. Again, type in, write in 10. So let's get to it. Plot. We think about it when we're writing a novel, but it's also important in memoir and nonfiction. Sometimes in those, it's called structure. We've got two important plot recommendations for you today. The first is our cameo by Dr. Jennifer Cates. Jennifer has her master's in creative writing from the University of Southern Mississippi's Center for Writers and her PhD from Georgia State University. She teaches creative writing at the same university I'm connected to, Middle Tennessee State University. Go Blue! She's taught English there since 1997, and she's won Most Outstanding Teacher Awards, Outstanding Public Service Awards. Her short stories have won Short Fiction Awards, and she's the recipient of the Alan Tate Creative Writing Award. She serves as Editor-in-Chief of Shift, a publication of MTSU Write. She is the 2015 president and serves as the current co-executive director of the Southern Literary Festival. She is fun, she's smart, and she's a wonderful person, and I'm really excited for you to hear this suggestion on plot. Hi, it's Jennifer Cates here, and I want to share one of my favorite plotting tips with you. I learned it from Mississippi fiction writer Sean Ennis, and it's called The Third Option, or What's Behind Door Number Three. We all know how important plot is for fiction, gives the story structure, and gives a reason for the reader to keep going, and most of us know the basics of conflict and tension, climax and resolution, but sometimes we get into plot ruts. Things get kind of predictable or repetitive or just boring, and that's when this trick helps the most. So here's a premise. A couple are on a blind date. Automatically, you have two characters, a setting, and a situation with some tension, right? Good. So what next? Well, there are two predictable outcomes. One, the date goes well. Two, the date goes badly. But what if there's a third option? Maybe they go on a date and they discover their cousins. Or maybe one of them converts the other to a new religion. Or... Maybe they overhear a conversation at the next table about a terrorist plot. The key is to recognize at any point in a narrative the two expected next steps, door one and door two. Then pick door three. 
A really good example appears in Flannery O'Connor's famous story, Good Country People. One-legged atheist intellectual Holga decides she's going to seduce the country bumpkin Bible salesman as a philosophical exercise. So do they go to the barn, they climb into the hayloft, and we find ourselves at a crossroads with two doors. She will seduce him or she will not seduce him. But instead, O'Connor takes us to door number three. When Manly Pointer leans over and instead of kissing Holga, he says... Show me where your wooden leg joins on. Then Holga and we, as the reader, experience a surprise that makes us want to keep going to see what will happen next. Try it. You can use the door number three trick with any sort of story. So next time you're in a plot rut, think of the third option. Envision the third door and see where it takes your story. Good luck and happy writing. Door number three. So ingenious and helpful. Peek down to the details of this episode or in the corresponding blog on the website to find out more about MTSU Write. I used to be the director and now Dr. Cates's, and it can be done over email being set up with a mentor. It's a really great program to check out. Another overlooked plot device that can be used in memoir and nonfiction is the ticking clock. So if you've ever read something that's just not holding your interest, nine times out of ten, it is probably because it's missing this element. So Disney does this really well. You have this all through those millions of fairy tales I had to watch over and over with my daughters. Something will happen at midnight. You have to find true love before this deadline. Almost all of the Disney cartoons have this device planted within them. But even in Hamilton, which absolutely lives up to the hype, it starts out with knowing who shot Hamilton, but we're pulled through by needing to know when and how it's going to play out on the stage. Another example, take a typical romance plot. A New York City woman inherits a farmhouse in Alabama and hires a gruff but hot handyman. So the genre itself tells you they're going to fall in love. But a smart writer adds in that ticking clock element where the main character's goal is that she is down there because she's going to sell the property by the end of summer and never return. Not only do you have the will they or won't they, and by the way, they will. And he, not so gruff, little sweetheart in there. But will they or won't they, and will it happen before she decides to leave? It's all throughout literary fiction, too. And The Great Gatsby, the ticking clock, is what will happen When will it happen that Daisy Buchanan's husband will find out about the affair with Gatsby? These ticking clocks can be very subtle, or they can be very overt. Just think about maybe, hmm, a pandemic or something. And the whole tension and stress of it is, 
what will happen, how many people will suffer before there's a vaccine. That vaccine and what's happening is the ticking clock. It keeps people stressed and on edge. I think we all understand that. There's so much more on this topic of how to add this into your plot that I've got to take it over to the blog. So again, make sure you go to writein10.com and you'll see a blog for this episode and see more things there in writing. And while you're there, of course, sign up for the newsletter. There are extra things that come to your inbox. I get a little more personal because I have more time in those. But you get this free writer's game plan. The writer's game plan is a very simple device to keep you organized, understand your process, get you focused, and have a running record of where you are with your plot and your characters. Of course, I can't finish this without stressing how important it is to click on the affiliates down in the details. It helps this podcast keep going. I've picked three that I love. Skillshare, which is online classes in anything and everything. It's video classes, so you can do it at your own pace. And then there's Grammarly, which is popping up in my Google Docs right now, which tells me all the grammatical mistakes that I've made. And then lastly, Scrivener. Scrivener's the bomb. It's great. I'm in love with it. I'm marrying it. And we're having little Scrivener babies. What would you like to hear on this podcast? What are you struggling with? Send me a note. I'm at Karen at writein10.com. I'd love to hear from you. And lastly, it's time for you to write for 10 minutes. Sit down, set a timer, and go hard and fast on the piece that you already have going, or perhaps it's some free writing to get you to the point of asking yourself, what would be the ticking clock for this piece I'm working on? get her done. Stay well, and I'll see you next week.